Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Kilted Hasher on track for Chickamauga Battlefield Marathon, Joseph Oso Bears, Travis Landcar, Scott Randall, all of our Patreon supporters, and most importantly, the most incredible group of human beings on planet Earth. That would be you. Yes, you. Yes, I'm talking to you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Andy, before we get into the reason why you're here, and there's numerous reasons why you're here, um, I do want to take a minute and I want to actually be able to crack a brew with AJW because that is the name of your new podcast. So have you opened yours yet? Nope, but I'm, I have one ready because uh, I was anticipating this, but why don't you go first? All right. My, my beer of choice for tonight to crack a brew with AJW is New Glarus Spotted Cow. And I'm going to crack this open here. There we go. Opened. What what kind of beer is that? It is. It's a it's a farmhouse ale. So it is unfiltered. It is. Uh, they use some kind of like corn in the mash. It's like a thing old farmers used to make in the farm back in the day in Wisconsin. You can only get New Glarus Spotted Cow in Wisconsin. So I have people that bring it down with them when they when they visit so this is my secret stash another one my secret stash of new glarus got it well i'm going much more mainstream i've got a sierra nevada hazy little thing ipa and i'll crack it right now ah there we go ah (laughs) everything feels right in the world that's the closest i'm ever going to get to cracking the brew with ajw uh so I'll, i'll take it i'll take it any day of the week andy uh, what took you so damn long to get into the podcast space? This seems like it was like way overdue. Yeah, I, you know it's it's funny, Ryan. I I think I almost got old, uh, and <laughs> and then and then and then when when everyone had a podcast, I ended up having a podcast. So no, I I you know obviously I was a guest on on Adventure Jogger. Trailrunner Nation, various other podcasts. And I've always wanted to have my own podcast, but I didn't really, frankly, know how to do it or what it all meant. And and then I just decided as as 2022 became 2023, my, my New Year's resolution was I'm going to have a podcast. And so I did. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> We're only eight episodes in, so time will tell. No, it's called Crack a Brew with AJW. It is way, way, way overdue, like I said. Well, you've been on 
a million podcasts. And it's funny because I, I was Googling you the other day, not for any other reason than I was just needing a good photo of you and just seeing what was out there. I was trying to find a photo of you puking at Leadville that one time. <laughs> <laughs> But I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't find it. Um, but I. But someone had ranked like the top ten AJW podcasts. It was one of those those pod services or whatever, and they ranked. Here are the ten best AJW podcasts, and there were ones where you were a guest on. Um, I saw that one of my favorite episodes that I've ever recorded of all time of the Adventure Jogger, the Ballad of Andy Jones Wilkins, which is absolutely one of my like if you said ryan you can only keep one episode of the adventure jogger the rest of them have to go the ballad of andy jones wilkins is the one i'm keeping because i'm the most proud of that one and that was like number eight on the list out of ten <laughs> <laughs> well that was a that was actually a brilliant podcast ryan and i'll give you credit for it because you 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 like you cranked up the Wayback machine you you know you got me talking about you know my life before running and when I met my wife and when we rode our bikes around the world and all of that so I mean the ballad of a of AJW is still one I listen to you know from time to time also you 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 kind of like like good podcasters do you got you you kind of push the right buttons I will never forget and one of the greatest gifts you've ever given me um in our multi-year relationship friendship was telling that story i think it was was it 2005 western states when you came in second place and you were like 20 minutes behind jurek that was the one yep do, do, would, would, do you want me to tell it again <laughs> you know in case in case anybody is not listen to the ballad. you know what go back and listen to the ballad of ajw it is an adventure jogger episode it's early on so you have to dig back to find it it is on spotify now so you can go check it out and all that fun stuff but go check out the ballad of ajw because that was to me i i cherish that story because it just it meant so much to you and now it means so much to me and i'm still mad at jurek for not taking a wrong turn well, and you, I mean, you did a really good job of playing it up too. like, if, if, if I, I, I will agree with Ryan, go, go look it up, listen to that episode because the 2005 Western States, like it kind of just came from nowhere and, and not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like I got to the river and I realized I was in second place because the guy with the clipboard told me I was <laughs> and the guy and, and, and he said, there's only Scott Jurek in front of you and he's only 24 minutes ahead. And, and I was like, well, shit, anything can happen. Let's just go. So uh, it was so great for you to capture that in that moment and get me talking about it, especially since it was like we, we built up to it. You asked me about how I started running when I had you know renal failure, when I you know had all kinds of like bad stuff happen. Mm -hmm. And that day in 2005, I know now it's 18 years ago, but man, I, I wish Every, I, I wish on every runner that they could have a perfect running day like I had that day. So go back and listen to it. It's a it's a fun story. Again, the only thing that could have made that day more perfect was Scott Jurek making a wrong turn. And <laughs> right, because instead of him having six cougars and me having one, now he has seven and I have none. <laughs> <laughs> so now, though, that you're on the other side of the mic and having been on hundreds of podcasts, whether it's the Adventure Jogger, whether it's Trail Runner Nation, you're, you're, you're everywhere, which is great because you're so giving to the sport. 
What surprised you the most about going from guest to host of a podcast? Oh, I love that question. It's really, and I think you would get this, it's a little bit about the unknown. Mm -hmm. So you you take, for example, so we did did a season of eight episodes. Mm -hmm. And in the seventh episode, I had Nikki Kimball on. Nikki Kimball, for listeners, she's a, you know, 10-time top 10 Western States finisher, three-time winner. She finished third overall in the 2006 Western States. So there were two guys and then there was Nikki and, and I was just chatting with her. I wanted to get in on that. And she immediately, well, not immediately, but within a relatively short order began talking about her battle with clinical depression. And, and there are certain things you can control in a conversation Mm -hmm. and there are certain things you can't. Right. And when Nikki started talking about her clinical depression, I just thought, well, this wasn't part of the plan, but she's going to talk about it and I'm going to open up the doors for it. And it, it turned out to be a great conversation. And it's something that I'd had a conversation with her about multiple times you know, not on a podcast. Right. But like the fact that we were having it and I knew a lot of people were going to listen to it. Like it was, it was a little bit of a meta situation where it's like, is Nikki doing this? Cause she knows people are going to listen to it. Or is Nikki doing this? Cause she's talking to me or is, is, is it just, did I bring this out of her? And like none of that in the end of the day, none of it mattered, but it surprised me that it came out or Ellie Greenwood, three-time Western States winner, course record holder, three-time ultra runner of the year, you know, been battling injuries for a long time, you know, kind of a, a voice in the sport. You know, she brought up some things. I was like, whoa, I hadn't even thought of that, Ellie. Like she's sort of more proud of her comrades finishes than her Western States finishes. And, and so it was just amazing, even going back to Anton, like, because I, I, Anton Kupichka, who we, we've had on the podcast here at Adventure yeah. Jogger before, I wanted to talk to him about his life, his post-running life, especially with cycling and gravel cycling. And he has a little bit of a connection independent of me with my son, Logan, mm-hmm. who's a gravel cyclist. And man, we just went down a road I never thought we'd go. So, I mean, I think the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. And having these podcasts about trail running and ultra running is is a lot like ultra running. You never know what's going to happen. That's the truth. And it's actually changed the way that I prep for interviews. I Like how much prep do you put in before you interview someone? So, you know, I wanted... When I started the podcast, I wanted to be a little bit different, right? I wanted to have the crack a brew, right. share what you're having on the brew, and then basically have three topics that we were talking about. Some of those topics are running related. Some of those topics are life related. Um, take Courtney DeWalter, for example. Yeah. Like I wanted, I really wanted to talk to her about her life before running because she was a science teacher at a private school. So that was something we had in common. I wanted to ask her what her students would say about her if they were interviewing her for a job, stuff like that. So it's great to sort of plan that out. But what I realized relatively quickly into like doing this quote unquote podcast season is that like 
you can only plan so much. So it's almost like what you're saying, Ryan, is like less is more. If I prep, if I prep for 20 minute discussion, it's probably going to take an hour. The other thing I learned, and this is, I probably should have known this from being on the podcast with you for all these years. Like you don't want to give the guest too much advanced knowledge of what you're going to talk about. That is so right? true. And, and, they, and they will ask, some will ask, they'll want like, Hey, what are questions that we're going to talk about? And you always try to find a nice way of saying like, well, you know, we'll, we'll cover some, cause you don't want them to prep. You don't want them to have a, a rehearsed answer. You want to kind of get, you know, you want to get deep and you want to get real. So when I got to Arlen Glick, who mm-hmm. was episode five or episode six, I was we we were doing like the little pre conversation. And I was like, well, so I want to tell you what the topics are that I want to talk about. He's like, oh, you don't need to tell me. Let's just go. And I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. Right. Because I wanted to make sure he was OK talking about no social media or uh, or his Mennonite background. And he's like, no, no, AJW, whatever you ask me is going to be fine. And so a little bit of that was a learning. I mean, I, I like to think of myself as an experienced guy in like most, th- most things in life. But I went through these first eight episodes of being a podcast host as a total newbie. And frankly, that that Arlen Glick episode is my favorite one because it was completely unrehearsed and it ended up kind of bringing out stuff that uh, I didn't know could even be brought out. It's so true. And I remember changing the way that I prepped for, for interviews. And when I started off, and, and I've talked before about how, you know, the Adventure Jogger has evolved from when it first started. And the Adventure Jogger evolved from the East Coast Trail and Ultra podcast. And, and you know, I've approached interviews completely different where I used to like try, I've had a whole list of things and whole list of stats and, and all that stuff. And I found that I never used it, but I also found that because there were times where I, I, I'm a little bit unorganized uh, <laughs> and I will, <laughs> all of a sudden I'll look at my phone and I'll go, oh crap, I got an interview in 15 minutes. I booked this thing three weeks ago and I completely forgotten about it. And I'm like, all I have on my notebook, because I have a, a notebook where I write all my notes for what I want to talk about and that sort of thing. All I have is their name on my notebook. And I'm like, I got 10 minutes. And those have yeah. been some of the best interviews that I've ever done because the, the guest leads the conversation. And I'm like, oh, I never would have gone in that direction. I am so glad. So now it's kind of, I do a little bit of prep, but what I really try to do is like, I want to talk to people that I want to talk to. Like, that's the most important thing is like, who do I really want to have an hour or an hour and a half conversation with and everything else kind of falls into place. So I, I it's great that you learned that lesson so early on because it took me a hundred episodes to figure that out. Well, and, and what I've, what I will jump in and say, what I realized is I, I think moving forward, I want to, I want to pick that one thing. So mm-hmm. going back to Nikki, for example, Like I wanted to ask her when she finished third place at Western States, third place overall, like, did she even think that she was racing the women? And she was like, no, I was racing. She basically said I was racing the men. Yeah. Right. Or, or when I interviewed Craig Thornley about Western States and Craig and I are old friends, but we have a little bit of a separation of church and state when it comes to, talking about Western states and, you know, he's the race director and I'm sort of this 
character who knows a lot about Western states, but I knew like there needed to be a conversation about the damage from the fire and what they're going to do, you know, with all the snow they've had this year, like they've had a triple whammy of snow and fire and now rain. Like I knew I wanted to talk about that, but I wasn't sure how I was going to. And so I just kind of put it out there and he kind of took care of it. So I think there's a there's a piece of those of us who host podcasts and this is going all the way back to your point about like what's the difference on the other side of the microphone is like you can only control what you can control and there's a certain amount that you just need to let the guest do their thing. And the more I did it just with these first eight episodes, the more fun it was. And when I think of like the next eight episodes that we're going to do going into Western States, like, oh, it's going to be awesome. Um, is Craig secretly mad at you because your nickname is Mr. Western States? He's the race director and you're the guy whose nickname is Mr. Western States. <laughs> I don't I don't think he cares that much, but uh <laughs> He's the race director, so it doesn't matter what my nickname is. <laughs> but don't but doesn't he he owes you he owes you and your family a vacation because you guys had a bet about the lowest cumulative time for ten Western states finishes, correct? And he has to like basically run the next two Western states in five hours to even compete. No, it's 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 even it's actually even worse than that. So he, uh, yeah, so just to, to make we don't want to belabor this, but but about no. uh, in two thousand and seven, yeah, we launched the ten year bet, which was who among us of the two of us could finish Western states with a cumulative time faster than the other, and the loser would have to pay an all expense paid trip to the Grand Canyon for the person's family and you know life happened craig became the race director i continued to run western states and so right now craig has craig's sitting on nine finishes i have 10 finishes Mm -hmm. and craig's gonna have to pull a miracle because he has to run negative two hours in his in, in his in his tenth western state in order to beat me so i'm pretty sure he's just gonna wait me out like until the kids are all married and gone off and they don't want to go on a vacation with their family to the grand canyon and then craig and Lori and shelly and i'll go by ourselves and it'll be a much less expensive page but but at the time i will say this and if you if, listeners out there if you have not gone to conduct the juices which is craig thornley's website from before he was the race director you could look up the 10-year bet at, at the three-year mark we were like neck and neck uh and and it was it was a lot of fun so we we did talk about that uh on the on crack a brew when he came on because he realized it's almost impossible it'll be almost impossible for him to run a a negative two-hour uh, Western states. You say almost like he's working with some quantum physician <laughs> right. or maybe quantum physicists out of Caltech or you something. You never know. He, he might hire Dean Carnassus <laughs> to be his coach or something. And then, you know, anything could happen. <laughs> Have you ever thought, because you, you don't, from what I gather in our conversations, you really haven't been a race director yet. That's somewhere in the sport that you've not dabbled. You've volunteered at aid stations, you've crewed, you've paced, you've ran. Knowing what Western states means to you and knowing what it means to the sport, if Craig 
says, you know what, I've, I've done my, my tenure, I've done my time as the race director of Western States. Do you ever think that maybe you throw your, your hat in the ring to take over at that point? Because you are, I mean, when people think of Western States, they think of Andy Jones-Wilkins. And the simple answer is no. And, 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 the, and the reason the answer is no is a little bit about what you talked about earlier. I, being a race director... They have the race directors have thousands and thousands of little details to deal with. Right. I, I'm a, I'm sort of a detail guy, but I'm way much more a big picture guy. I would I would be happy to I will continue to be happy to be part of Western States as as a volunteer, as an announcer, as a, however, however they want me involved or they don't want me involved. But being a race director, especially of a high profile race like Western States these days, I mean, the detail I've I've talked to Craig about, you know, make, you know, making sure the police are in the right place or the porta potties are delivered or that just makes my head explode. So, no, I mean, I, I think I think my role in Western States will always be being part of the race, but not as running the thing that, that that's not my strength. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> What people don't realize that have never been out to Western states is you volunteer and you're not like you don't volunteer like, okay, I'm Andy Jones Wilkins and I'll have the Andy Jones Wilkins autograph session for all the crews out at Forest Hill. Like, that's not how you volunteer. You're parking cars. You're at dusty corners. You're parking cars. And it's so weird because I remember telling my wife that we were driving up to that aid station two years ago and we were there with Kyle Curtin, his crew. My wife's like, Andy's not going to be parking cars. I'm like, no, I'm telling you right now, Andy's going to be parking cars. And sure as, sure enough, we, we, there, we pull up and there you are going, ah, drive all the way down there, park on the side. And I'm like, that's Andy. She goes, that's Andy? I'm like, yes, that's Andy parking cars. So, so I got, I mean, I, I've got to tell this story, right? Because so, so I finished, I ran my last Western States in 2014. Mm-hmm. I did a, I did a, a little bit of volunteering in 2015, but I was mostly more doing like the Andy Jones Wilkins thing. And then in 2016, I was like, how can I help the race the most? And Bill Hambrick, who coordinates all of the volunteers for Western States, said, you know what? The place where we are most at risk is with parking cars for crews. And I, I, I know it sounds weird for people, right? Because you think of this wilderness area. There's, but but the, the, the place where the United States Forest Service or Auburn Lakes Recreation Area, although it's less likely to be, or Auburn Area Recreation, it's much less likely. The United States Forest Service could pull the permit in a second if people are parked in some sort of crap way and they can't get like a big fire truck down a road when they have to get a fire truck down a road. And so I said to Hambrick one year, I was like, look, I love Western states. How can I best help the race? And he was like, well, <laughs> you're not going to like to hear this, but like the most critical part of the race is parking cars at Duncan Canyon, Dusty Corners, yeah. Robinson Flat, Michigan Bluff, and for- and not even Forest Hill, Green Gate Pack. And I was like, well, sign me up. So, yeah, 
Yeah, you know what? For five years, I've been parking cars at Western States. And I mean, it's fun. I see a lot of people. A lot of people know me. I put my little fluorescent vest on. But you know what? It makes a big difference in the race, in, in the success of the race to make sure people are parked their cars in the right way. And, you know, whether, of course, I'm, I'm able to, you know, finish my shift at noon, whatever, on race day, and then drive down to Michigan Bluff or Forest Hill and the finish line and see the race and do all the, the fun stuff that I love to do at Western States. But it feels really good to be like, you know, yeah, just go down, like you said, go down that road, turn around, park your car, you know, and then if people come up and they chat with me and it's like, that's great. So I'll I'll actually continue to do that for as long as they'll have me. Um, Andy, real quick. Well, this is the last question I'll have about this situation. I want to go back to podcasting and and it's more about the sport in this little bit. Have you had a situation when you were parking cars at Western States where someone almost had to double take? Because maybe they were rude to you or something. And then all of a sudden they went like, oh, oh, that's Andy Jones Wilkins. <laughs> yeah, I, I twice uh, last year and two years ago where where people just pulled up and they parked like right behind the the the, the sort of the um, the ham radio camper. And yeah. we had to keep we have to keep like a spot empty. And I was like, no, you can't park there. And they, they sort of turned to me and they were like going to give me some, well, I'm just going to be here for a few minutes. And then I could see them be like, oh, you're AJW. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, I mean, it does. I, I try not to do, I, I, I almost never tried to do that, but they're like, oh, I know, I know. And, and you know, so yeah, it, it's happened a couple of times. And, 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 and frankly, if that's what it takes to make sure that the, permitting keeps going and people park in the right way then then that's great and i do think people like kind of hanging out and be like oh my god there's this guy who finished the race 10 times and he's just here parking cars that's pretty cool like i think that sends a message to the rest of the sport that like you don't have to be you know the the race announcer or you don't have to be like pacing some star runner to have an impact at Western States. Like you can also just park cars or you can also just, you know, serve people food or you can also just, you know, drive drop bags back to the finish. I mean, or drive dropped runners back to the finish. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into that race that nobody understands. So yeah, there've been a few of those moments. I think they're less because, because of podcasts like this, they're like, Oh shit, we're going to Duncan Canyon. <laughs> right, right. AJW is parking cars up there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so they'll they'll say two things. They'll be like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to meeting AJW," or "I don't want to piss him off." <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it says it, it. It sends a great message that here is this guy who's not just finished Western States once. He's finished Western States ten times. He finished second place behind you know twenty minutes behind Scott Jurek, and here he is parking cars like everybody who has had some success in the sport can look at that and go, you know what? I think it's time to give back a little bit. Yeah. I want to, I want to say one more thing though, too, Mm -hmm. because every year since I've stopped running the race, I do go, I do run all the way. I drive all the way around and I go to Michigan bluff Mm -hmm. and I stay there and that's mile 55. I stay there until the last runner goes through and, for those of you unfamiliar with the race, Michigan Bluff has about a has a 9:30 p.m. cutoff. That's that's 
you're in trouble if you're there at 9.30 p.m. But there's a lot of people who come in there and their feet are trashed, their stomachs are trashed. And and I've kind of taken on an unofficial role there of like getting people out of their chair because they're people. And, and, and I think that that's, you know, if I look them in the eye and I'm, and I'm like, well, dude, <laughs> you're in Western States, you've gone 55 miles, you still have 10 hours left on the clock, get the hell out of here. Right. And if they're like, and, and if they're like, who are you? It might be a different thing, but they're like, oh my God, I know who you are. I recognize that voice. I better get the hell out of here. <laughs> it has a little bit of a different impact. So, I mean, if, that's like my little part of doing my part. And, and sometimes they're like, no, screw it. I'm dropping. That's fine. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, this is your one chance. You got 10 more years to wait in the lottery. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice little reminder going back to the podcast crack a brew with ajw one of the things when you announced that you were doing a podcast i automatically was like well crap he's gonna have the easiest time in the world getting people because that's like half the battle of doing a podcast and and you know the adventure jogger we yeah we'll talk to the big names but you know kind of our thing is every runner has a story and i, I truly believe that and you know we have people that are winning races and people that are dead last in races and everything in between but for you how easy has it been to to get guests has anyone told you no um only one person and that's just, I think it's the same person that's told you and I know at the same time, if, I, if I'm correct. We won't say this person's well, name, but I think right, there's someone right. that you and I both tried to get at the same time and they told us no. Right. So, I mean, I, when I, I wanted to make sure that I would have, a, I do have, at the risk of, of sounding, I don't know, like bravado, just I, go I have it. a pretty big, I have a pretty big Rolodex. You do. Right? I know a lot of people. Yeah. I I've gotten to know a lot of people. I, I think I'm, I think I'm genuinely respected in the sport, mm -hmm. you know? So, so when I, I, absolutely, I wanted to make a big splash and start the podcast with, you know, Courtney, Jim and Anton and, you know, it, it was great. Right. And, and, and of course they didn't, they didn't say no. They, they were like, well, when do I sign up and how do I, how do I do it? And all that, you know, I think that, I don't want to take that for granted, though. Like, I, I, I honestly believe, Ryan, that because of who I am, I, 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 I'm a pretty accessible person, right? So yeah. I, I meet people and I chat with them and I understand them and I listen to what's going on in their lives. And, and I think that, that to me is, is what makes a good podcast host is that you can you can be somebody who can be there and and you're you're going to give them you know going to have an interview with them but you're also going to you know understand that that it's going to be a give and take as i look as i look now into you know maybe doing this for months and years after this sort of trial run i like where i'm at which is i don't i don't i don't necessarily need the big names i don't necessarily yeah. need uh, all the clicks and the ads and everything else i want to have a conversation and i also and this is a a, a distinctive factor i believe i want to have a connection with them on something that 
that we can relate to. Yeah. Right. So whether it's Anton and gravel biking or Craig and Western States or Nikki and battling depression, you know, I want to be able to have those conversations openly and freely and have them in a way that is authentic. And I think if there's one thing I've done in 30 plus years in the sport is been like, I'm an authentic guy. Like what right. you see is what you get yeah. with AJW, whether it's on, I run far, whether it's, you see me at a race, whether it's now with the podcast, it's like, okay, I get this guy. Yeah. He's a little bit loud. Yeah. He can be <laughs> opinionated. Yeah. He can, you know, Hey, you know, whatever, but I know where I stand with AJW. And I think that at the end of the day helps me, you know, get the guests or, or appeal to the guests that I want. Now, the one guest who said no so far, I'm not giving up on him slash her. And we'll see how that goes. I'm not either. Although I know that because you sent the joint email saying, hey, I'd like to have you on both of these. Right. It's my buddy, Ryan. He does this adventure. And uh, the, the people said <laughs> not interested at this point, but email us in the future. And so I, I, I went back and emailed on my own. No answer. Right. <laughs> like I'd have, I'd have so, AJW stamp. Of, all of you listening, you can you can you can let let the mystery be. Yeah, exactly. Because we're not, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I'm just going to say Absolutely. one person's been much Absolutely. harder to get on than others. And no, it's not David Goggins. I won't, I will say that it's not David Goggins. It's, it's not David Goggins. Yes, um, indeed. Does any, do you have any other friends that do an AJW impersonation or am I the only one? I mean, you do the best one. <laughs> uh, no one else does it publicly, but I do have like past pacers and people I've run with who, I mean, they mainly do the, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> I like that you have an impersonation of people impersonating. I, I have an impersonation of myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, in season two or at least season three, another one of my favorite episodes that you have been on, and this did not make that list of the 10 best AJW episodes, but there was an episode we did years ago. I don't know if you remember this one where it was you versus the speed goat and you were talking about, you know, crewing and pacing and do you need a crew and that sort of thing. And just the amount of shit that you and Carl gave back and forth to each other. You have to have him on Cracker Brew with AJW because I would pay money to listen to you guys just just cut on each other in a, in a loving way for an hour well i'm I, I i'm glad you mentioned i mean carl is on the season two list uh carl carl could yes. make up the entire season two uh as as i think anybody who's listened to yes we we had that remember we were talking about how people like spend too much time in aid stations and carry too much crap and everything else I mean, Carl is an old friend, and and you might remember we did an episode. It might have been even two and a half years ago, where we had both of our wives kind of make yes. uh, cameos. Yes, uh, same who, who one. Because yep. we were talking about crewing, and I mean, Carl's wife and Shelly, they've known each other forever too. Like, there's a little bit of a backstory when you're like a 50 something ultra runner who's been around for a long time and you're still around and, and you get the wives involved and everything else. So yeah, Carl and I have a, a little special something planned uh, for later as we get closer to Western States, but I think we'll just leave it at that, you know? Uh, but yeah, that was, and by the way, both of those Carl episodes were, 
were among the best of our uh, Adventure Jogger episodes, for sure. Some of my absolute favorites. Um, who Who is like your dream guest? Like if you could put it out there, like who would you just like is on your your list? You have to interview this person and, and you haven't you haven't didn't talk to him yet. Killian. Okay, that's a good one. I, I'm I'm friends with Killian. I like him. We've spent time together uh, at Hard Rock and at other at Western States. I remember chatting with him after his first Western States, that unbreakable year mm-hmm. in 2010, when he was suffering from renal failure. I would love to have Killian on the show. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know how comfortable he is on English language podcasts. I I don't think. I mean, I've heard him on like I Run Far interviews and things like that, but I don't know entirely how comfortable he is on like an hour long kind of chat about yeah. something. But man, because of his his longevity, mm-hmm. his character his concern for the environment his his just love of the sport you know that would be you know sort of the global uh, person i'd love to have on you know for for domestic like united states and i think i'll i think i could probably pull this off um but i need to pick the time right and that's jason green mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. now jason green is a very you know he's he's out there he's a he's out in in the sport in a lot of different ways but he also i think for crack a brew i think for those of you who don't know jason green comes from like a background where he like sold beer for a living and yeah you know and and, and jason green has a has kind of a thoughtful side and a reflective side and a thinking 10 15 years down the road side that I would love. And and frankly, if I could have an episode with Jason Green and Killian, that would be like, I think I would win the internet. I think so. I think you would break the internet <laughs> and, and no one would listen to any other podcast ever again because it'd be the best podcast ever. No, Jason Green is an absolutely fantastic interview. Wonderful human being. Um, you know, sometimes you don't really know what you get, right? And you may have heard Jason Green on other uh, podcasts or you may have seen him at races Jason Green is an is is as authentic behind closed doors when no one's watching as he is on a podcast as he is as a finish line. What is Jason Green like when no one's around? He's like Jason Green is like when he's at a finish line. He's a loving guy. He's an honest guy. Good guy all the way around. Great selections, uh, Andy. For for and I'm excited where Cracker Brew with AJW is going to go in season two. I, I I just I'm so excited you're doing this. This is so much fun. Well, Ryan, I gotta say too, you've done a huge. You you've helped me a lot. You know you you anytime I anytime you're you want to talk we we come on the podcast we we talk about stuff. You know I think I think the Beast Coast. I know I'm out here in the West right now. You left us. Like you left us. The, the the Beast Coast vibe and intent. I, I think we're seeing a little bit of a comeback, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert. Take a look at Lake Sonoma 
50 miler this weekend, which is a qualifier for the 80 kilometer world championship trail team. There's a ton of burly beast coasters out there running that race. So I think that there's a part of this Ryan that we're never going to lose, but I think that as well, I think talking about the sport, living the sport, Mm -hmm. understanding what it means to be in it for a long time is really valuable to those people who might just be dipping their toes into it. Yes. Might just be sort of trying to feel it around. I mean, we saw it, we saw right for the first time since 2017, three Barkley finishers this year. Yep. You know, the, the weather was perfect. The conditions were good. The field was strong. Everything lined up well, right? Who knows where that's going to go? But I think the fun part about it is, well, let's see where it goes. And and I think as we as we as podcast hosts and as people who've been around the sport for a long time continue to be in the sport, we need to think about those relationships, those events, those those experiences that that bring people to the sport, that keep them in the sport, that make them excited about the sport and that can, you know, can can continue to you know keep the vibe going. So that's what I'm excited about for Crack a Brew with AJW. That's what I'm excited about for for you and this sort of new uh, journey you're going on with, I guess, sort of sponsored content <laughs> on Adventure Jogger. I don't think you're, I, 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 from what I can tell, you're not quitting your day job. No, quite no, yet. no, but, <laughs> no. Right. But, but, but I think, I think, you know, look, we do need, we want to make a living in the sport. We want to be in the sport for a long time. And and I think that's a I mean, all of that is good stuff. Oh, I agree. And I'll tell you what I what what I got to witness with the power that the sport has over people was, you know, my son is running college cross country. And so running's always been a big part of his life. He's he's always, you know, he loved trail running. We do local trail races, local 5Ks. He would, you know, pace the last eight miles of races. And he's just kind of grown up in the world of ultra running. And it was about uh, maybe a month ago, we had a chance to do a race together. It was a 25K. His coach is like, I don't want him going any farther than 15 miles in training. I don't want to risk him getting hurt. But it was a nice, beautiful 25K in southern Tennessee. And a bunch of my friends were there. And he was kind of you know, experiencing this race vibe. He'd done some other things. And one of the things I've always appreciated is you know, he did the mid-state mile just on a whim last year, and the community just just wrapped their arms around my son, and it was so touching. But to see it again at this race that we did, when all these people that I've known for years just embraced my son in this positive, encouraging way where, you know, he ran, he finished second overall, um, he got lost a little bit, um, but he was... <laughs> It's kind of funny because on this course, only five runners had ever gone under two hours for the 25K. He's one of the five. Well, so is the guy who beat him. So that's, you know, <laughs> kind of how that worked. But he just, the, the community was on display there. And the love that they gave this 18-year-old kid was so powerful. And to have, you know, all of my friends just you know, wrap their arms around him and welcome him to the community it just made me realize what I love so much about this community is how welcoming, how just loving it is. It's such a great 
space. And I know that there's things in the world that are, try to convince us that we're all different and we should all hate each other. Um, but ultra running is a great example of what unites us stronger are the things we have in common and the shared suffering and just being together in the woods and spending those miles together is more powerful than any slight little difference we may have in who we pull for the ballot box or who we kiss goodnight. It's just such a more people need to be involved in that community because nothing that I've witnessed yet has been such a such a shining a light on the beauty of humanity better than trail and ultra running. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, that what a great story about your son. I mean, when I think of all three of my boys, they're now 25, 23 and 20 and you know, they're they're upbringing in the sport mm -hmm. and you know, some of them run, some of them ride bikes, some of them ski. They're they're all they're all involved in the outdoors, but like they just feel enveloped mm -hmm. in the sport. You know, whether they go back to Michigan Bluff on Western State Saturday, or they see you know Craig comes to town for Havelina, and he's like their you know adopted uncle. Like this sport has a way of bringing people together, and. I dare say keeping them together mm -hmm. more than more than most. And and part of it is the shared suffering for sure. But part of it, too, is just the understanding that, you know, at the end of the day, we only have so long mm -hmm. to live on this yeah. earth and we might as well make the most of it. And for those of us who've chosen ultra trail running, whether we run races whether we used to run races and we don't run them anymore, whether we still run them, but we do them a lot slower, like that provides meaning and substance to our life. And like you found with your son and I found with my sons can, can project into the future, something that I think we all know the future needs. You think about, yeah, the, the, the Jones Wilkins kids and my son were raised in this sport. Maybe the first generation of, young people that were raised into the sport of ultra running right like they don't they, that, that's like what dad slash mom does on the weekends so like you're gonna you're gonna go to an aid station and hand out oatmeal cream pots <laughs> <laughs> exactly um i don't know if you had this moment andy but you know talking about running with my son and how he's grown up with trail running especially i mean he's he's run one ultra um, you know, but he runs, he still runs, loves to run on trails. And I remember going to races with him and I of course would finish first. Cause you know, he's just some little kid. We had to buy him the smallest. They didn't make trail shoes for kids, his size when he started running trails. So we, we had to buy him the smallest pair of women's trail running shoes we could find to, to, to fit his feet. Um, but I remember I would finish and then I would go find him. So I'd take my bib off and I'd go find him on the course and kind of run him in and, and cheer him in. I'd always just kind of kind of do that. We'd share those last couple of moments together. But it was a complete full circle this last time around, Andy, where, you know, I was, I was, you know, just I'd, I'd get to an aid station. I'd say, hey, do you see a young man in a, in a black UT Southern shirt? Oh, yeah, he's he's way up there. He's... 
he's he's chasing the chasing the winner and you know not knowing how he did and then i get about a mile from the finish and there he is on the side of the trail coming out to bring Uh you in come on dad come on dad let's go and you ran that you know i i realized oh ryan i love that story i i realized uh it might have been now you know six seven years ago with logan the middle Mm -hmm. one is now 23 i went from i went from being i trained with him on my hard days to training with him on his easy days (laughs) (laughs) and so and so he and and it was it happened so quick right it happened Mm -hmm. so quick but he he took me in on my 10th western states this is a good story yeah he was probably i think he was 16 years old and i was doing my 10th and i you know was like i'm done yeah yeah and we got we got across no hands bridge and we're going up the hill and I started getting teary. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is like my victory lap. And a guy comes up behind us and starts to pass, right? And Logan is like, dude, Dad, we're going to hang with this guy, right? And I was like, Logan, nope. <laughs> and he was, I was like, Logan, this is my last time doing Western States. I'm going to savor this. He was like, Dad, you're being a dick. <laughs> He literally said that. And then meanwhile, the, the guy goes off, the guy goes off into the wilderness, you know, into the wilderness. I continue on my gradual pace. We get up to Roby Point. We turn around. All the crew is there. We get up to the party at the mile 99. Yeah. It's like a big group hug. There's probably 50 people like, hey, JW's 10 finish. We're, we're, we're jogging down the downhill after that. And Logan goes, I'm sorry I said that part about you being a dick. <laughs> I, I get it now, right? So it was it was a little bit like, and, and all that happened in like 12 minutes, right? The dude comes by me. Logan's like, we got to race him. I was like, no, we're not going to race him. Next thing you know, it's this 50-person group hug at the top of Roby Point. And Logan's like, okay, I get it now. And, and it, was, it was just like one of those moments you just, you just never want to let go of. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it, Ryan. I mean, and and yeah, I mean, w- blessed be for us dads and moms who can go from being the hard run guy to being the recovery run guy. I'm happily, I probably can't even hang on the recovery runs now. So <laughs> <laughs> I cherish every second of it. I really do. Exactly. You know, when you exactly. go on those runs with them and, and they got to they got to stop and turn around and come back because they're so far ahead of you. And they end yeah. up adding like an extra mile to the workout because they got to keep coming back to keep up with dad. You're um, like, dad, you, do, you doing OK? You need a gel? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Andy, how do you feel right now about where the sport is? You know, I think we're in a I think we're in a transition place. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest the biggest tension in in ultra running and trail running is the is the tension between transactional and relational. You know, we've spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about the relational parts of the sport. The yeah. the, 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 the the people we know, the the values we have, the beauty that we find in the trails. But there's also a hugely transactional part that's about money, 
that's about, you know, profits, that's about sponsorship, that's about, you know, trying to make a living with a podcast or whatever. Right. I mean, neither of us are immune to that. I think the, the, the inflection point we are right now is can we maintain the wonderful relational parts of our sport, mm -hmm. the hangout, sit around the fire, tell war stories after a race while acknowledging that, you know what, there's people who need to and will benefit from making a living from this sport, whether they're big, fancy shoe companies or small podcasters or little website owners or people who happen to own businesses along, you know, courses where there's lots of training runs. I think to find that balance between transactional and relational and not the old guys like me are going to be like, oh, it's not like the old days, you know, when we right. all just sat around and, you know, whatever. And yet the transactional folks need to know that, you know, they need both. So to build the culture, to continue to bring people into the sport, to continue to welcome people into the sport while understanding that we there's room for both of those things that's the state of the sport right now and i and i i want to do my part like i'm a i'm unabashedly old school but look i also you know i also hitch my wagon to races like western states and hard rock and utmb that are making a lot of money on the sport so i want to make sure that we can do both things that we can grow the sport in a way that's appropriate in a way that maintains the values and the and the joy of what it means to get out there into the woods that doesn't leave the mid packers and back of the packers behind. Right. Because I think sometimes they feel like they are being left behind right. in the celebration of all the pros, if you will. If we can do that in the next three to five years, I think we will have succeeded. I think you're so right. You know, for me, talk about transactional, you know, it, it had been, a discussion that went on for six months with, hey, we want you to come over to this platform. We want to put ads on the podcast. And I was like, nope, nope, I'm not taking anything from this community. I felt like that would be a betrayal of, you know, I, I, that's taking more than I'm giving. And I felt, I felt it's like it weighed on me for months. And they kept like, oh, you should, I know you had some time to think about it. What do you think now? I'm like, I still, I'm out. I'm not interested. And it was finally when, you know, I, I, I had a discussion. I talked to some friends of mine and like, nobody cares if there's a couple commercials in front of you, front of your podcast, nobody. And I was like, all right, but you know what? I'm probably going to lose all my listeners. I'm probably going to stop listening because I, I was the no commercial guy mm -hmm. for the longest time. And, and now they're going to hear commercials for whatever uh, sprinkled in throughout the this, this spot. And it was you who said, and, and, and this meant, I, I was so nervous when I finally agreed, like, yes, we're, we're moving the podcast and we'll, fine, you can put ads on it. I was so worried. I was like, God, this, this is it. This is the end of the adventure jogger. I just made a mistake. I just ruined this, this thing that I've, I've built. And you said, it's a couple commercials. No one cares. Let's move on. And I was like, oh, well, if Andy's okay with it, then I feel, I feel yeah. perfectly yeah, and, fine and, with and, it. And I, and I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I do think that. I, I honestly think that. And Ryan, but part of the reason is your product is so good 
you know, that like, it's just like we're, we're going into, I mean, we're recording this on the Tuesday before the masters golf tournament, right. right? Which is, I'm a huge golf guy. So, right. And, and they've, they've, the masters golf tournament has always prided on themselves on like two minutes of commercials for every hour of broadcast. But you know what? Those two minutes of commercials, everyone watches. (laughs) Right. Right. And, And so, and so there's a part of me when when I saw that in you, because I, 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 you know, of all the podcasters out there, like you're you're like on the Mount Rushmore of the ones I respect, oh. along with probably Jason Coop and the and the Trail Runner Nation oh, guys. God. Like like I think that your ability to do that and do it with grace and humility and understanding was something that I think all the listeners uh, understood not to mention the fact that you have a rare breed of loyal listeners, right? You have, I mean, you yeah. have, I mean, if you, 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 you kind of have the Jason, I don't, no, you don't necessarily have the Jason green market, right? But like that, you know how, you know how Yeti trail runners yeah. are a little bit cultish and yeah. they're not like adventure jogger has that kind of following. And so when I said, yeah, no one's going to care about a couple minutes of commercials. It wasn't because I actually thought they wouldn't care. It was because of what you've built over these almost now a decade of really good episodes and some not so good, like <laughs> listeners out there just tune, just, just Google Christmas episodes and you can hear lots of fun stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but, but like all of that, you know, kind of does. And, and that's part of what I'm, what I think when I think about a crack of brew with AJW, mm-hmm. right. I would eventually, I would love to make some money on crack of brew with AJW, but, but like right now I'm so new to it. I'm so, I mean, all you guys have said, I mean, all my podcast friends have said, Oh, it's about time you have a podcast. But like, for me, I'm still new. I'm still figuring it out. I'm, I'm still a little bit like still doing my first 50 K while you guys have done 300 milers or 700 milers or five, 200 milers. So I'm still in the 50 K stage, but like that moment when you were like, I know you were nervous of like looking like a sellout, (laughs) but of course I'm I'm sure the, the feedback you got was, dude, you're not a sellout. You know, you've, you've built this. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because my buddy Martin, uh, he's gotten a tour de gens and he was driving out to a race and and he, he lives in Huntsville and he's like, Hey, can I, you mind if I stop by for dinner? I said, yeah, come by. Have it. Let's have a beer. Stop by. You, You come have beer. Christina will make dinner. We'll hang out for a bit. It'll be fun on your way. This is on your way. Please stop for dinner. And so he rolls in and he's, he walks in and he goes, Hey, I'm, I'm texting with your buddy, Kyle. Cause they both got into tour de gens. And so they're Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Curtin. Yeah. And so they're texting oh, yeah, back yeah. and forth, Martin and Kyle, who had never really met each other in person. And so I said, okay, well, he's going to, this is going to blow his mind. Let's take a picture of us drinking a beer together. And so the next <laughs> text he sends is him and I drinking a beer. And the first thing Kyle says, Oh, you're having a beer with the sellout. <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course. Yeah, he has to. He has to. He has to rub me. Um, but no, Andy, this is the last thing about me. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit more about the sport. Um, the fact that you 
put me in the same sentence as, as Coop and Scott and Don is uh, that's overwhelmingly nice. Uh, I that is probably one of the nicest feedbacks I've ever received. Um, about the podcast and every time someone leaves a shitty review instead of crying over that i'm gonna remember you just said that and i'm gonna feel better and not feel bad about someone leaving uh, a shitty review no you're you're so you're so right andy and i think it is as long as we keep the relational part of the sport alive and well and i think too as long as we i understand we got to focus on the big names and i think with the western states when you're doing a webcast like that and you got to go on for hours and hours yes you're going to follow those big names but i would i would encourage them and challenge them again to find those stories in the middle and the back of the pack those people who give up everything for western states i think there's everybody gives up something for big races and and this is not i hope this doesn't sound too bad i think you'll know what i mean when i say this but i think the runners that have a full-time job and a family and obligations outside of running give up a little more for these big races than the big names whose sponsorship has the the sweet forum at olympic valley and all that sort of thing like there's a there's a lot on the line sure there's a lot on the line for the people in front but those people in the middle and the back of the pack, um, they, there's a, they, they give up a lot. And I think there's great stories to be shared back there. And I just hope that, you know, the webcast for Western States, yes, focus on those big stories. Who's leading the race? Who is, who's making moves? But also try and find those stories in the back where there's people that are against all odds. They're still moving. And gosh darn it, they're going to make it. I want I want to jump in and share a little bit. So since I've moved to Arizona, um, which is I've, I've lived here before, but I've moved back. I've become, as I think maybe some listeners know, uh, pretty involved with Era Viper Running. Yeah, and uh, uh, and Jamil Curry and his company, and and I've exactly that, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I have been. Um, a little bit of a thorn in his side. I mean, Jamil is at the front of the line in terms of live streaming. Yes, and, very good you know, job. He's done, an, he's done an amazing job with Havelina and Black Canyon and Cocodona. And obviously he comes over to Western States and helps out. But at Black Canyon, I, I want to just point this out. Black Canyon, golden ticket race. Mm-hmm. You know, all the attention was paid to the top three men and women. I said to Jamil, and he and he was like, absolutely, AJW, you're totally right. We need to have like a midnight broadcast. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, you, they're like Black Canyon has a 20-hour cutoff. But to get a Western States qualifier, you have to finish in 17 hours. So it was a little bit of like the golden hour of Black Canyon. And I said, you know what? All the all the fancy announcers like Dylan and Corinne and everybody, they went to bed. And I was like, look, Chris and I, Chris Warden, who's my partner with uh, Era Vipa. Yeah. He's just a regular old guy like us. It's like, we're going to go on the air. I said to Jamil, just have a fixed camera on the finish line. We're going to go on the air. And from hour 16 to hour 17, we're going to have every finisher come through. We're going to tell them their name. If they're if they're willing to, we're going to bring them back and interview them, you know, when they're all sweaty and mm-hmm. salty and whatever. 
And it was, wouldn't you know, of course, there were only like 300 people watching it. But like the 300 people who were watching it loved it. They were like, oh, my God, these people have been out here for 16 and 16 hours and 48 minutes. And now they have one ticket in the Western State Lottery. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so I mean, there there was so much like to that, and 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 so what Jamil and Aravipa are doing, and some of the other like race companies. Yes, they're making money on the sport. Of course, like yeah. for for me. For me, having that camera turned on and you're like, AJW, are you sure you want to be there sitting at a microphone at midnight? I was like, absolutely, man. You know, and and I think that the more we can do that kind of thing, Ryan, the more we can celebrate, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the next race will be, but there'll be some race where there'll be some live stream where all of a sudden all the elites finish and it turns off. And there's like 80% of the people out there saying that, well, how's my wife doing? How's my husband doing? How's my brother doing? You know, I want to find a way to bring that into the sport. And I mean, if the cameras are still out there, just keep them turned on and we'll talk about it. Um, I'm going to make a ballsy statement here, but I'm going to say the best thing about Western States 2021 was, was Joseph Oso Bears making it to Roby Point and then with 45 minutes to go, he's got 45 minutes to run a mile. And all of a sudden, he can't move anymore. And he missed out on finishing. His determination to try and get that last mile and having to realize that he, the time just slipped, 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 slipped away. And all of a sudden, it's not his finish. It's not his day. But Darn it, he's got a good head on his shoulders about it. He's going to go back someday, and he's going to finish that business. Well, Ryan, you remember we had my good friend Dana Baxley yes. uh, on, who did the exa- almost mm-hmm. the exact same thing Last in year. 2022. Yep. She was about 200 meters below the Roby Point aid station. She had plenty of time on the clock. I mean, when she went through the 94-mile aid station, she had to run six miles in two hours. Yeah. Like most of us listening would be like, okay, six miles in two hours. She made it to that point at the bottom of that last little climb. It's not even that steep. And her legs just said, nope, done. Like she was a DNF, like your friend, at 98 She's working so hard to get back there. It might take her 10 years to get back there. But those stories like that we were able to tell Dana's story Mm -hmm. on this podcast, like those are the stories that inspire people to be like, well, crap, maybe I should try to do this. Um, And I mean, I, I, I had chills. I mean, I was coached that year, 2022. So last year I was coaching eight athletes at Western States, seven of them finished, like the seventh one finished around 2830. And there I was waiting and Coop, Coop had been out at 94. He's texting me. She's like, oh, she's looking great. It's going to be fine. She's got it in the bag. Well, you only have it in the bag until you don't have it in the bag. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Two great stories. And those those live and man that i i will i will say this the golden hour at western states is better than anything that happens before it that is the most magical hour of the sport 
Oh, it is 100%, 100% the best hour in ultra running. Andy, you had Jim Walmsley as your first guest on Crack a Brew with AJW. What surprised you about that interview? Was there anything that surprised you about about Jim? You know, I think, I mean, you know, we, we've, you and I have followed Jim in his career since it started. He's, he's humbled. He needed to be humbled. Uh, But he, he's, he's, he's a humble guy right now. He, he knows, he knows what his potential is. He knows what his limits are. I think in my conversation with him, he shared with me, that he wants to give UTMB one last hard shot, which yeah. I think will be this year. Yeah. And then, and then who knows? Like, I, I think, I think Jim is a complex character. I think he's a funny character. I think he's, he's evolved since I first talked to him in 2015, 2016, when he took the wrong turn at Western States, but he's still who he is. And, um, and I, and I think until he, I I think he gets something in his head and he has UTMB in his head, be the first American man to win UTMB. And that's not going to get out of his head until it gets out of his head. And it's either going to get out of his head by him winning it or him walking away from the sport. Um, I think that's what surprised me the most. The other part is that he's just a, he is a regular guy. He is a regular, like born and raised in Phoenix track cross country guy who happened to find that he had this gift of running longer without slowing down more than most people. And, um, and that's how he's made his living. Should we try and get him on the adventure jogger? Do you think Jim Walmsley will come on the adventure jogger? Is it time, Andy? I think it's time. I think it's time. I, I think it's time for an invite. Okay, I'm gonna have to rely on you for his for his uh, for his email address. Yeah, but you, you, you're gonna have to. You, you can't like mispronounce Coconino Cowboys and all that stuff like you did a few years. No, I I could. You know the funny thing. The funny thing is <laughs> the coke, I think you called them the coconut. Cowboys the coconut cowboys. Day. I can't. I can't. And I can. I'm, I can hope and pray that he didn't listen to past episodes where I where I maybe smack talked him just a little, a tiny little bit. But I think it might be time. You know, it's funny. Um, I've I've had his his dad's phone number. I've had his dad's phone number for two years. Did I tell you the story about how I got Jim Walmsley's dad's phone number? No. How do you have Jim Walmsley's dad's phone? Well, because I'm at Forest Hill, waiting on Kyle, and I'm talking to this guy, real nice guy. We're just talking back and forth about the race and just ev- like everything. We had a great like hour and a half conversation just and having it's jim and it's jim's dad it's jim's dad he, he goes <laughs> hey he goes he goes uh you know give me your phone real quick and i said i gave him my phone and he put his number in my phone he said hey if you see my boy out there would you take a, a photo of him and send it to me and i said yeah sure he goes i'm like who's your boy he goes jim walmsley and then i look it's harry <laughs> walmsley and i'm like yeah if i see your son i'll take a picture and send it send it to him and so I, of course i said you know i think my runner's a little far farther back than your son but it's funny because the day after the race i get this text from harry walmsley who's like hey hey ryan how'd your runner do and I said, oh, he did really good. He finished in ninth. Congratulations to your son for winning. He goes, yeah, it was a great race. Anyway, it was nice meeting you. Have a wonderful trip back. 
And I was like, <laughs> random. There you go. That, that might be the key to getting uh, getting Walmsley onto the adventure jogger. Maybe reach out to Harry. I, 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 people were like, you should just you should just email his Texas dad. And I'm like, I'm not texting his dad. I'm not like, hey, remember we talked at Forest Hill and uh, what's, your, what's your son's number? I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I, I, I don't want to be that guy. Um, one more thing, because we're going kind of long, Andy, but that's okay. I mean, if you got time, I got time. Um, can I just say, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Here we are. It's, you know, we're recording this in April. Western States is, is a couple months off. Um, I think we have our first beast coast winner of Western States, um, in a very long time. I think Arlen Glick, did you see what he did at Umstead? Dude, dude, we, we, you scroll back to the other episodes. I think I called Arlen. Did you call him a Christmas? Did you call him a Christmas episode? Yeah. I called Arlen in the Christmas episode. We're going to check the tape. And if you didn't check check the tape, no, no, he's, he's the real deal. I mean, first, first beast coast winner since Mike Morton mm -hmm. in 1997, I think uh, here's the, I'll just go right out and say it. I think with the snow and the burly conditions that it's going to be, and probably the crappy trail surface and the part that was burned out by the fire that just plays right into Arlen's beast coast like mentality he he told me on the podcast that i had with him you know a month or so ago that he's going to go out there for two and a half weeks he went out there last year for three days he's going out for two and a half weeks i mean yeah Uh, you're gonna have to run sub 15 to beat arlen and sub 15 you, you know yes in a normal in a normal year lots of people could do it but I, he's he's my pick. I'm 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 saying it now, and I'm and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, P- Peterman's strong. The other guys are strong, but dude, twelve fifty seven at Umstead, <laughs> taking taking down a Mike Morton record, and he was just doing it to see where his fitness was <laughs> after after going to the craft sportswear you know training camp in Madeira. No, no, no. It, I I think Arlen is legit and and people have said well he's only does good at the fast or the flat stuff and everything else you know and and he said to me too he's he doesn't because he you know he's also into hard rock he doesn't really care about he cares about hard rock right but like his goal is to win western states and yeah it's funny because so, I feel anyway. bad for Adam Peterman because Adam Peterman the guy the guy's got a cougar you know and, and it's just kind of like eh. You know, Arlen Glick's got it. Like nobody ever gives Adam, Adam Peterman the respect that well, he deserves. Adam, Adam, Adam Peterman's a stud, and he and, is. And he'll, he's gonna. It's gonna be a race, but uh, yeah, I think Arlen. I think Arlen will probably play it kind of cagey first fifty miles, maybe be kind of chill. But no, I. I'm. I, I mean, my pick, even on the Christmas episode, was Arlen, and it's even more now. Any other surprises, Andy? Is there anyone that's going to shock us and surprise us, or do you think is going to be the, a new star of this, the sport? This kid, <laughs> the kid who won um, Black Canyon, mm-hmm. Anthony Castales. Mm-hmm. I think he's from, uh, I think he's from Salt Lake or in, in that area. Yeah. He's he's legit. I mean, for a first time Western Statser, I think he's going to be, you know, right in the mix. I think Courtney's going to maybe 
I mean, I think with all the snow and the mud, she's probably not going to get a course record, but she's probably going to win. Yeah. Um, but I think in the second half of the women's top 10, you're going to see like a future winner. I think there's going to be some 20 somethings that finish in the women's sixth through 10th place who are going to win in future years. Kind of the way Timothy Olsen, when he was sixth place uh, the year before he won. Like, I think that's the way the women's field is looking a lot like that. So I'm seeing Courtney winning it. Some really good, strong women that are like the women of the future. Uh, And then I'm seeing Arlen race it out with Peterman. And then, you know, maybe some other guys, but I'm actually way more intrigued by the women's field at Western States this year than the men's. All right. Shifting gears, one more question for you, Andy, because I, I, I wanted to ask you this for a while. There's a new format emerging in the sport, the backyard format. This every hour on the hour, last person standing, four point like 4.16 miles or whatever. It's like it's like four miles and 800 and some yards or whatever. Um, what are your thoughts on this new like format becoming so hot? There are backyard races popping up everywhere. I think it I think it takes a, a specific athlete. You know, you've got to be able to. I mean, first of all, one of the nice things about it is it's like gender neutral. Right. Right. You could run you could run your four point one six in a um, in 45 minutes or 52 minutes. A lot of it's managing your sleep, managing your uh, nutrition. You know, if you're going to make it far into that, you're going to at least have to go through 48 uh, times around or 48 hours. Right. 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 So I think it's it's not so much a test of athleticism as it's a test of like resilience and passion. And are you willing to get out there one more time and take care of yourself? Right. Because there's also a little strategic bit about it. I remember talking to Michael Wardian about this Mm -hmm. where he did one where he was, he would do like, he would be like, okay, I need to sleep. So he would do a 37 minute loop. Right. Which is, you know, four miles. It's not. But for him, that was like, okay, I'm going to run this fast. And then he would sleep and then they would wake him up with one minute to go and he would go out there. So, I mean, I really think it's a it's it's unique and it's kept, you know, it's captured the world by storm. So, I mean, but I but I do think it's less a test of athleticism and more a test of like management and mental fortitude and nutrition and sleep deprivation and all those other things do these play to your strengths now i mean is this the renaissance of aj no 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 dude dude i need to sleep no no (laughs) (laughs) crack a brew with ajw crack a brew with aj but i'm happy I i will be happy to invite any uh backyard expert onto crack a brew with AJW in the future, if we wanted to uh, demystify the the event, there we go. You need to do one one of these days. 
I might make it until it gets dark. (laughs) (laughs) Andy's got to go to bed. Yeah. (laughs) Check it out, though. Crack a Brew with AJW is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you love Andy as much as I love Andy and you love hearing him when he's on the Adventure Jogger, he is on his own. He's got his own podcast. But the great thing is Andy will not uh, let that stand in the way of him coming on other podcasts as well. Andy, till the next time we chat, this is always, as always, has been a pleasure, my friend. For sure, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on. And I love, I love the adventure jogger.